It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. And today I'm here with Mario Roberto Gill. Mario, thanks so much for being here. Tony, thanks so much. Thanks for having me in. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. No, we've uh, we've been talking a little bit, and it seems like, you know, you and I have a lot a lot in common in the way that uh, we've grown up, and you know, kind of our backgrounds a little bit. But um, you know, I was intrigued by, but just you know, your story. You grew up in in the place that I actually was born, Humble Park. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm uh, Puerto Rican and Honduran. Uh, mom is Puerto Rican. She's a uh, first generation American, and my father is uh, Honduran, and uh, he migrated here around in the uh, '70s. Oh wow! Uh, so yes, but um, I grew up on with my Puerto Rican side, and uh, we grew up in Humble Park, and we grew up in Humble Park. Uh, I grew up off of uh, Fairfield and in uh, North Avenue. Nice. Um, you know, went to school in the neighborhood, went to church in the neighborhood, and you know, groceries and all those good things. Yeah, yeah. And what was that like? I mean, you've you've pretty much seen it change because it's Humble Park uh, has has gone through quite the evolution, hasn't it? It has. Um, you know, I I grew up in. You know, I'm a uh, 87 baby, so I'm, I, I don't consider myself an 80s baby. I yeah. consider myself more of a 90s baby. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, growing up in Humble Park in the 90s was uh, was different. You know, um, <laughs> it was different. There was a lot of you know, gang activity and drug yeah. use and things like that. Uh, um, so it, it, it was it was uh, it was different, but it definitely it, it gave us an opportunity to to grow together. You know. Um, you know, my grandfather had a building and, you know, mom rented a unit from him. And I think at some point in time, most of my family lived on in that building. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, um, you know, he, instead of having a garage, he had more of a coach house in the back. So okay. a, a coach house and mm-hmm. there was uh, two units in the back. So uh, three in the front and uh, two in the back. And uh, there's seven uh, aunts and uncles all together. So uh, there was enough room for everybody to kind of at one point or another kind of grew up in there so that's pretty cool to be close i mean i grew up across the street from my grandparents and my cousins and honestly looking back that was probably the best times of my life you know being being around family absolutely um you know i i really hold family dear to heart and those were my first uh, best friends right uh you know i i, I didn't uh, grow up with any siblings at that point in time um i actually had some siblings later on in life yeah. so uh, me and my closest sibling are 10 years apart yeah. so those first 10 years uh, you know my cousins were my brothers and, and my and my older cousin uh, female cousin she's my sister so uh, you know I took beat downs and Primo everything like right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely no that's awesome and and you know we, we talked a little bit about um, you know obviously you know it goes unsaid that in Chicago, it there's, it's very segregated, right? And and seeing how that's changed a lot, and you see, you know, a lot of diversification in a lot of the neighborhoods. But, you know, I have often mentioned that I always get mistaken for being white, you know, but I'm actually 100% Mexican. Okay. And you kind of shared with me a little bit about, you know, your experiences growing up. But I was I was very fascinated by, you know, just man, some stories that you were telling me. Right. You know, but tell us a little bit about that. What you know, what was it like growing up? in this community where it was just your family you didn't really have friends outside of it so it you know it did shape who you were but also your identity right yeah absolutely um yeah it was it was different um you know like i like i mentioned aunts and uncles uh, you know there's seven of them so uh you know uh half of us were dark skin the other half was light skin 
and uh you know hair was right in between right yeah. um so it, it was different um you know definitely growing up i guess with some uh you know race i you know race identity issues i yeah, guess yeah. in a sense because you know you um you know we're all latinos and i think some you know some of my cousins uh majority of them there's about four or five uh, male cousins that are uh, puerto rican and um and mexican we've got another uh older cousin it's a uh, puerto rican and, and guatemalan uh some full bloods puerto ricans uh puerto rican and black there's uh we have some siblings or we have some cousins that are um uh middle eastern oh wow and then we have some europeans too yeah, full melting pot <laughs> so it's and a full melting pot and um i remember uh you know in our media you know uh you know when we were growing up together and, and during that time during our phase more, me and my mom's phase uh growing up in that building and and in the neighborhood um the rest of my cousins were uh, the ones that i grew up with and close in age were puerto rican and and mexican okay so i just remember them um you know just you know having good hair <laughs> and you know and getting red at the summertime and you know and playing and we play in the dirt and you can see the dirt on them and <laughs> i can probably sneak away without having to wash up that night right um but yeah you, you know i guess growing up in a neighborhood was a little bit different um you know going to grocery stores and doctor's offices and you would hear, you know, other individuals and other patients and stuff like that, you know, maybe uh, mum or some things, uh, you know, and uh, under their mouth about race and stuff like that. Sure. So, uh, and then being affected, you know, my first language was is Spanish. Right. Uh, you know, so I knew everything. Right. So. Um, and it's yeah, hurtful, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, not just. Yeah. It hurts. Um, but, you know, it, it definitely, it, it gave me a tough uh, layer of skin. Sure. You know, um, you know, what was it? I remember in high school, you know, um, like I mentioned, I grew up in Humble Park and, and I went to, you know, uh, you know, pre-K in Humble Park and, uh, you know, a junior high in Humble Park. And then uh, high school, I, instead of going the traditional route as the rest of my family, going to Roberto Clemente, actually, I, I got accepted to a school outside of the district and I uh, went towards the Austin area, so Belmont Crane, Austin area, the Stymis mm-hmm. Academic Center uh, near the Brickyard area. Um, and then when I went there, it was a different demographic. Um, so it, it was a lot more African-Americans, and there were still, uh, you know, Hispanics there. But um, really, that's where I started to, you know, that's, I think, high school and being an adolescent at that age. So you start to find your identity. Sure. And um, so there was a bit of a challenge there because I think, you know, growing up in the CPS school system, Sometimes not not taking anything away from them, but you know it's a it's a little bit rough. Yeah. So um, it wasn't like uh, dangerous minds, like you know, like <laughs> a movie in the nineties. It wasn't that bad, but um, you know, there's some challenges. And with that being said, um, you know, I remember that there was some trouble sometimes, and you would have uh, you know what quote unquote race wars, yeah, sure, or just differences between uh, you know the two races. So primarily, you would see the difference between you know African Americans and Hispanics, and. Sure. Uh, there was a few times where I caught myself right in the middle, like, who am I going to affiliate myself with? And not saying that that was... That's got to be tough, though. I mean, yeah. yeah. And not saying that I was throwing any punches or anything like sure. that. But just, you know, um, you know who I was going to associate with. You know, I was questioning that a few times. And, um, you know, I, I just remember being in an awkward place and, and not really knowing which way to go because, you know, from the outside, I, I um, you know, I, I looked a certain way. Yeah. And you know, I I uh, you know, I had some similarities to African Americans. Like I said, uh, dad is uh, you know Honduran and and mom is uh, Puerto Rican, but they're both dark. So we're Afro. We call ourselves Afro Caribes, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, we, you know that's what it is. Um, so it, it was some challenges. Yeah. 
No, and, and I think you and I, like we said, we, we had that in common. And, you know, the one thing for me was I always gravitated towards, you know, other races that, that weren't necessarily white or, or even Hispanic, even though right. it, was, it was always easy to be surrounded by Hispanics. I mean, that was my community, even with church and, you know, family and all that, having such a big family. But, you know, wh- what was it for you? Like, where did you find uh, yourself? And, and at what point did you start to find that identity and who you are? Yeah, you know what? I probably have to say it was after high school, um, more into where I got into the workforce. Um, you know, I found myself, you know, I actually graduated high school when I was 16 years old. And, um, you know, I, I was in college and stuff like that and paying my way through there. And I didn't want any uh, I didn't want any student loans or any grants or anything like that. So I wanted to take care of it myself. Nice. Um, just because, I, you know, growing up, I, I did witness some individuals that, that were taking... Um, you know, they, they, they were being taken care of in some way, shape, or form of government assistance. And I wanted to be independent in that way. I didn't want to go ahead and follow along, lead with that, as long as I was physically able to. So Good uh, for you, man. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to start my life like that. So, yeah. you know, 16 years old in college, and, um, you know, I, I started doing that. And I think my first job was at a, at a fast food restaurant. And, um, you know, I was there, and I remember, you know, at that point in time, in that location where I was at, majority of the staff in the back of the counter that were cooking in the kitchen were Hispanics. And, um, you know, my Spanish was just, uh, you know, it was kind of elementary because it kind of got diluted over the years. Sure. Um, but I remember being able to communicate with them and seeing that it was a ben- it was a benefit to me. Absolutely. Uh, being able to relate with them and get the job done, even though, it, and then we, we weren't, uh, you know, building rocket ships, but, you know, we, we went under some pressure in the back of the kitchen and stuff like that. And, uh, it benefited me, and I started to see that you know there was an there was an opportunity for me to to use my background and and as a benefit. That's awesome. In terms of like, so now you're you're in real estate, and you're also in insurance, right? Right. And we'll get into that a little bit too. But uh, so now as a professional, given the fact that you've gone through so much, and in terms of just identity and trying to figure that out, you know, uh, how do you bring that into your business? How, how do you interact with people? How, how does how does that past experience growing up in the city, has it changed you as a professional? Sure. Um, I think the fact that some of my, some of the experiences that I've gone through have been, um, you know, having odd jobs, odd jobs, I guess, is, uh, you know, finding myself in different professions and, and experimenting with uh, different, you know, uh, opportunities to make money. Uh, so it's given me an opportunity to go ahead and have a different walk of life and being exposed to that. So it makes me more relatable. And uh, when it comes down to, you know, interacting with Latinos, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, just being in a manufacturing environment or, or driving trucks and uh, or doing landscaping and construction and stuff like that. So speaking a different language, uh, you know, even, you know, maybe working at a, a supply house, yeah. uh, you know, working with contractors, you know, they're, they're their own breed. Uh, and you figure you learned that a little bit more and that I think that's useful in real estate, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, when even coming down to inspections and stuff like that, just having a little bit uh, being uh, having a little bit of knowledge of of what it takes to, you know, the, the bones of a house, yeah. and the building and, and what those replacements costs look like and being able to understand what's going to need work and repairs before putting it on the market or or, you know, how it's going to affect the, the price of a home on the market. Well, it sounds like you like real estate. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge uh, fan of real estate, and I think it hit home a little bit more just because, like I mentioned, uh, you know, Abuelo and Abuela, you know, my grandfather mm-hmm. and grandmother, they, you know, they they were uh, homeowners, 
And, you know, that was our foundation was that at home. So, you know, being, I think, an entrepreneur means you really have to, you know, adapt to the times and, you know, find the opportunities and seize them when they when they come about. And as, as I mentioned, you, you're in real estate and uh, also in insurance. Right. So how, how are you, you know, kind of diversifying in terms of being that entrepreneur? Like what, what's on the horizon? What's the American dream for you? Sure. Um, so I call my quote unquote, call myself a hybrid entrepreneur. And, um, you know, it really is just being able to go ahead and go with the times. I think right now, you know, I, I actually uh, was, uh, I created a video not too long ago and I put it on social media, but it was around the realm of, it was around the realm of, you know, leaving an industrial, uh, you know, era and going into more of an informational area. And um, I think that, you know, being able to go ahead and be present with, with uh, clients and things like that. And, you know, we're going to use some technology to help us. But, uh, you know, really being able to go ahead and, and share my vision and my purpose and my passion with individuals on social media has helped. Uh, and it helps convert with the time. Just, you know, right now we're, we're, you know, we're dealing with this crisis you know, as a, as a nation and, and globally. So yeah. um, and we may, may not be able to sit down with everyone just in the same way that we are right now, but being able to go ahead and, and share uh, and educate individuals on, you know, financial literacy and, and, uh, and how to provide for themselves and build a, you know, a lineage and maintain one. So well, that's, uh, that's what I've been doing. And so you talk about mission and purpose. What is that mission and purpose? Sure. Um, you know, it really is just, just trying to help educate individuals that may not know. I think me, myself, uh, you know, and I think we had a conversation about this earlier is that you don't know what you don't know. And, right. you know, sometimes we're, we're given this information by our peers and family members and, and parents and, and role models when we're younger. And it's not that they're acting in a, uh, in a malicious intent, but it's not the, it's not the right information sometimes. And we sure. have to learn that by ourselves. So I usually use an acronym for myself, and, and it's, it's a way that I promote myself. It's a uh, acronym is GOAL, which is uh, abbreviated for uh, Get Out and Look. Oh, I like that. And it's just you know it's you know whether you're driving a, a your personal vehicle or um, you know you're looking for the next investment or, or whatever that next uh, you know venture is for you. You have to get out there and look. You know you know, you know if you're backing up a vehicle and you don't look out the garage, you know there might be a kid running. You know right behind you for a ball, you know, a basketball or something like that in the street. So just going out to do some verification yourself, verification and be able to check things out for yourself and build, um, you know, get your own uh, understanding on issues. So with that being said is uh, my mission is really just to be able to go ahead and provide some information to help educate families, uh, stuff that they may not learn because I didn't know about finances. Mm -hmm. and I didn't know about real estate and yeah, no one teaches you that. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I was going to school, uh, you know, in college, uh, my first time around, because I never finished, uh, I mentioned that I started at 16, but I took a hiatus and I got, I got, you know, the bills became too much and I had to get into to the working, uh, you know, uh, field. Yeah. But, um, you know, ultimately, you know, I wanted to get good at something worth being good at. And I think ultimately money is not going to go anywhere. We need it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to try to earn it. Right. Uh, and knowing how to transfer that wealth and how to be able to protect our families and, and what we work so hard for, especially being Latinos and, and Americans in general and, and Chicagoans, we're all hustlers, you know, whether, you know, there's some individuals that are, uh, you know, selling cigarettes and they may not, you know, they're not supposed to, but 
uh, you know, somebody's, you know, somebody's doing something and trying to make a living and get some extra money for something. Yeah. I remember, you know, going back into high school, there was a there was an individual that used to uh, put bundles of candy together. And he would take, you know, at the point in time we used to have candy stores that were like, you know, a, you know, a penny, a, a, you know, a cent, one cent for per candy. And he'd probably throw, you know, like 20 or 30, you know, pieces of candy in there. And he'd throw them inside of a sandwich bag and tie them up with a knot. And he'd walk up and down the hallways selling them for a dollar. And it was only, you know, he, he made like 70 cent off of each yeah. one, you know. Most of the guys that have their own companies. Yeah, and, 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 and I, think things, he's, I think he actually might have a, like something similar to like a candy store That's now. That's crazy. Um, but, you know, we work really hard for our money. Yeah. And we need to know how to save it and how to provide for our family. Absolutely. So uh, being able to, you know, you know, when it comes to the realm of insurance, you know, I really specialize in life insurance and being able to go ahead and help individuals uh, maintain and build, uh, you know, their assets and, and investments and being able to transfer that, you know, and, and, and giving them knowledge that you can do it tax free. So life insurance is actually the, the biggest transfer of wealth. Uh, it's uh, it's one of the ways that we make uh, you know millionaires. Yeah, is through that. You know, not everybody can, you know, has the natural ability to to be the fastest uh, person on the field and be the next football player or, or basketball player or have a beautiful voice. I can't sing for <laughs> for anything, and I don't even uh, you know if I do it, it's usually going to be in a shower. <laughs> but um, you know, we some of us you know we don't have those abilities, but uh, you know, for the ones that are you know. They want to go ahead and roll up their sleeves and, and they get into industries like you know land, you know having their own landscaping company or or HVAC company or plumbing or, and things like that that they're good at and they they've learned you know maybe they work on cars and you know their uncle their deal you know helped them you know taught them how to, you know taught them how to go ahead and you know change oil yeah um you know we work hard in many different ways and being able to protect that money and let it grow and and you know and give it back to those people that we're working for absolutely so now so I mean. Life insurance can be, you know, a tough subject, obviously, because it's not always the best times. Yeah. But but what about um, you know, in terms of giving advice and, and, and teaching others, you know, through your experiences that you've gone through some difficult times, right. you know, for people that have gone through stuff or, you know, that are going through stuff right now because of what's going on or otherwise, you know, what would advice would, would you give, um, you know, the people watching to, to help them get through something that you feel like, you know, maybe you've been through yourself? Sure. Um you know, I, I think when, when it comes in the form of life insurance, and, and I think first of all, and we'll talk about real estate too, is is I think it really starts with having a foundation. I think a lot of times people kind of go backwards, uh, so especially I have to speak on some of my peers, and this doesn't go for everybody that is classified under that generation, but millennials. Um, you know, I'm a millennial, and I think some of my uh, friends and family, I, I noticed that they you know, they get into, you know, whether they're having, you know, they're using technology in the form of a cash app or something and they're, and you're doing small investments in Bitcoin and they have absolutely no, you know, understanding of it. And they're, they're yeah. putting money into those forms or and they're using different apps and stuff like that that they don't know about. Um, and they think that they're, they're growing wealth. Um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a great way to, to start if you want to, and it's an option, but I think really sitting down with a professional, somebody who's been licensed, uh, you know, somebody who has an understanding of it and that you trust because ultimately, um, you know, it, it takes integrity, uh, you know, in addition to having my fiduciary duties, uh, you know, for me, it's about integrity. I, yeah. I don't care if I'm giving you a haircut like, you know, I, I right now we're we're in Corona season. Right. And I haven't seen a barber in a few weeks, but I took on cutting my own hair maybe like two years ago. And if you wanted a haircut, I say, OK, well. I'm going to let you know I only cut myself 
and I'll probably take care of you this way. It's about being honest. It's about really, you know, letting the people know what, you know, what the benefits are, what the risks are and what the pros are and not just being one sided. Um, So I think, you know, that's the place is really having an open mind to it and, you know, you know, finding somebody that you trust. But in addition to that, it's going to be, you know, the way that we the way that we use money and consume it. Um, you know, I not think, going out and buying toilet paper. Well, yeah, investing in toilet paper. I mean, but you know, um, ultimately, I think it really comes down to you know our spending and and trying to find you know better ways to do that. You know, whether you have a friend that's in insurance and and uh, maybe they're doing auto insurance, maybe they can get you a better quote and saving a few dollars here and there so that you know you don't feel that your life insurance is a bill. Sure. You know. Um, because what it is, many people, when you're trying to educate them about life insurance, it's not something tangible and it's not something that they're necessarily going to use because they automatically feel that it's for the death of somebody. And it's, it's not necessarily that because we do have products out there that have living benefits that you use during the term of your life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's different options out there, but I think that's really the foundation is that a lot of people that I come across and, and in my sphere of influence, that I see, um, you know, they're going straight into investments or, you know, they want to be the next residential redeveloper, which is a term for house flipping. And they want to get into those things and, you know, they're taking their 401ks or, uh, you know, withdrawing from them and they're getting hit with these penalties yeah. and stuff like that. And then they're, they're throwing it all in there. Um, and then, you know, and some, you know, some individuals right now are, you know, I call it the sandwich generation where, you have the baby boomers, you have the Generation X, and then you have the millennials all living in the same building, yeah, home or true. apartment in some cases. And, you know, here comes the millennial fresh out of college and, you know, they have all these aspirations. And, you know, normally we've been, quote unquote, the generation that feels like we're going to change the world. And then, you know, we come with this bright idea and we, you know, we come and sit down with mom who, you know, my mom loves me and she's like my biggest cheerleader. So whatever idea, you know, and, and uh, you know, plan I come with, she's going to be my first investor. Sure. And, you know, we have people that believe us in us in that way and we're influential in that way. And sometimes, you know, um, because we don't know the right things to do with our money, we go ahead and we, we have that conversation with mom or with grandma. And, you know, we, you know, we have no withdrawal from their 401ks or their pension. And That's we're, a good we're, point, we're yeah. putting money into real estate and they don't necessarily know, like, you need to have some kind of protection that's going to be guaranteed. And, you know, if you have a permanent product that goes all the way up to age of 100, then this is something that's guaranteed and you're not going to have any, you know, you can pick whether or not you want it to increase or not, but have something that's solid first and then build your foundation off of that and then move forward into, you know, if you want to start building a real estate portfolio. Mm, I think that's uh, I think that's huge. So it's just about sitting down with a professional um, you know, and, and somebody that you trust, that's really what it comes down to. So ideally, who would you like to connect to? Like who, who would be the type of people that, that should be reaching out to you? Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to, you know, financial services and life mm-hmm. insurance, I mean, I, you know, to be honest with you, almost everybody, you know I mean? Sure. Everybody needs it. Um, but I think more in, in the sense of community and, and educating people, um, I definitely like to sit down with maybe, um, you know, some community leaders, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the mayor of Chicago, but maybe some aldermen and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, people that are starting up nonprofits and small business owners, because if you think about even, you know, a barbershop, you know, we, we have some barbershops in the neighborhood where we just conversated about haircuts and, you know, 
most of the barbers in there they're they're not being paid a salary yeah. um and they're independent contractors you know and they're they're doing their own taxes they're paying for their clippers and their their, their razor blades and all things like that but they're not protecting themselves either and you know some i know some barbers that really make some really good money and they've been you know they've been cutting hair since when i was like you know still doing putting a, f- a fishbowl on top of my head and, and cutting it yeah. that way but you know they they've made a living for themselves you know, being a stylist and uh, you know they don't have something for retirement, so to fall back on yeah. Yeah, so I think um, you know sitting down with small business owners and things like that would help give a you know some education and really put a sense of urgency and and hearing from our counterparts and our and our friends and family. So it starts really with the community. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Being able to yeah, have a different right. mindset. Yeah, no, no. Well, appreciate you. Uh, you know, you giving that good advice and guys. Yeah. If you know you feel like you benefit, please reach out to Mario directly, or you can click on the link below. But you know, Mario, just thank you so much for, for coming in and sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks so much, Tony. I, I appreciate you and your staff and, and everything that you've done for me and, and giving me more education as far as, uh, you know, what, what it is that you're doing in your mission. So I appreciate that so much. And I definitely want to go ahead and be a part and grow with you and, and your organization. Oh, thank you so much. Brother. God bless you and your family. You too.